We've made a list of the most powerful people in Louisville. Who made the cut? We're going to talk about that, plus some restaurant news and a very interesting lawsuit. That's next on the Access Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. I want to add Echo with that. Most powerful people in Louisville. <laughs> um, Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Sarah Shadburn. Hey. Haley Cawthon. Hi there. And Shay Van Hoy. Hey, everybody. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and plenty of sharp opinions on what's happening in Louisville, Kentucky. To start us off this week, we're going to talk about the Power 50. We love making lists at Business First, as you might know. Uh, that's one of our key products. So this is a new one where we look at the most powerful people in town, the top 50 power brokers. Uh, so Shay, uh, how did how did you come up with the list? You, you came up with the whole thing yourself, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, we did, um, this is kind of based off of uh, some similar products in other markets that uh, have been doing this for a few years. Uh, and so we're looking to do something new this year and decided this would be a fun thing to take on. Uh, we did take nominations and uh, received, I think it was 160 some. Um, but then there were obvious people that weren't nominated just because maybe they didn't know about it. Um, and folks that would have looked pretty silly if we left off the list. So internally, we brainstormed and came up with some more folks and then uh, kind of narrowed it down just with some, uh, as we do in most of our judging, you know, assigning some number values to people, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then the tough part came when you're have 60 people who are worthy and you have to try to narrow that down to 50. Um, so it was uh, tough and also fun, I think, um, you know, and, and as I put it in my column, it's really subjective. The, the 51st person on the list should, or not on the list, the first person off the list, if, if you know, if like we could name one, uh, would be obviously a very influential person in town. So, yeah. um, and this will be, you know, this is the first one. So uh, I also noted that you kind of have to look at this as um, newsmakers in the past year, but also some of our legacy leaders, the folks that have been, you know, making making change for, you know, decades in town. So yeah. as we move on in subsequent years, it'll kind of evolve and what it, what it looks like. That's what I was kind of thinking. This is kind of like the first one. So you kind of have to get the obvious people in the first one. Right. And then uh, who knows what it'll look like three, four years from now. That, that should be an interesting list. So right. um, I'm not going to make you cite all 50 of them, <laughs> just 49. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'll ask you a few like questions to like, so people have an idea of who all is on the list. Um, so who were like some of the first people that came to mind when you started making lists? Right. Um, I think that, you know, we have obviously like, you know, Humana is such a massive company in general, but in the scope of Louisville, it's super massive. Yeah. It's way larger than any of our other companies. So um, that kind of, you know, makes you look at their CEO, Bruce Broussard, who's, um, you know, been around for a while, been an innovator. Uh, and then also the Humana Foundation, which doles out a lot of money. And so, uh, you know, Walter Woods, the, the who heads up that makes the list as well. Those were kind of two that I was just like, these folks have to be on the list. And I, and I can't remember who was nominated and who wasn't, but, um, but, you know, they were just stuck out as whether or not they were nominated, they have to go on, uh, you know, 
uh, I think like everyone in town knows Ed Glasscock. <laughs> he was yeah. another one that came to came to mind. And then of course, like in economic development, you know, Sarah Devasha Wisdom leading up GLI, the, the local chamber. Um, that's a that's a pretty obvious one. And then I think too, you know, with kind of the the traction that the West End's gotten this year, uh, focus on the West End, actual economic real dollars going in. Um, you know, that pointed a lot to. Uh, Yvonne Smith at One West and and Sadiqa Reynolds at the Urban League. So those are just yeah. some that, you know, initially popped into our minds. Yeah. Uh, and who do you think uh, the youngest person or the youngest people on the list are? Yeah, we were talking about this before. We didn't ask for age because uh, sometimes, you know, you'll get people that won't divulge your age. And then it looks weird when you have li- ages listed for 30 people and not for 20. Um, but uh, Sarah De- previously mentioned Sarah DeVasher Wisdom, you know, is the youngest CEO in the history of Greater Louisville Inc., uh, the first woman as well. And um, she's, uh, you know, she's one of, if not the youngest on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, me, me sitting in my uh, mid 40s, I know from past stories we've done that Jennifer Hancock's pretty much around my age. So she's got to be one of the younger ones because most, most of the folks on here are going to be 50 plus just based on that legacy yeah. kind of benchmark that we talked about to begin with. But, mm-hmm. um, but those are uh, a couple of people. We always mentioned that. Um, not really sure how old Matt Thornton is, but he looks like he's 32. Uh, yeah, I, I know yeah. he's older than that, but I think he's, he's de aging. Matt yes. Thornton is. <laughs> he usually sports like the the trendy vest, which yeah. makes him look like a guy that just came out of like the wilderness. And yeah, I was thinking uh, like he and, just climbed a mountain and then right. went to whatever. He's like right. His confidence <laughs> yeah, so, or whatever. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know exactly how Matt is, but he's definitely youthful looking. So Louisville's uh, but, Benjamin Button. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the joke. Uh, let's see here. So, who do you think has the coolest job on this list? Uh, so, you sent that question to me earlier, and uh, I thought about it for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and just some really cool jobs on here. What I'm really fascinated by, like GE appliances, just in general. Yeah. Like by and maybe it's because I'm fascinated like with consumer goods, and if I buy something like a dishwasher, I obsess over reviews and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so, just the technology of uh, that goes into making things that seem like at one time were very simple, but now are very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how could you not think that Gil Holland's job's cool? I mean, he owns yeah. a record company and then, you know, redevelops buildings and it's kind of just a Renaissance man type of guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think um, Jennifer Hancock's job is really cool too. Just it, uh, the weight of helping that many people. Yeah. Um, Did and we mentioned she's with Good- Goodwill Industries? No, or no let's me, Volunteers of America. America. Yeah. Um, you probably said that when you talked about her. Yeah. So the challenges that they've had is, you know, most of their uh, stuff is done in person. Uh, and that's, so that's had to continue during COVID. And mm-hmm. um, finally, like I'm, I'm, I've always been fascinated by airports. I was like scared to fly when I was little, but like, I kind of wanted to live in an airport mm-hmm. like Tom Hanks did in that one movie. And so I think Dan Mann's job is really, just really cool. Like controlling and trying to add flights. And yeah, um, I think that so. I would, I would, I would probably say, I forgot like, that Gil Holland owned a record company, so that's yeah. that's very cool. But uh, I would say um, I would say um, Dan Mann's job's probably one of the cooler ones, just managing the airport. I would uh, say who Kent did, Taylor um, as well. Uh, you guys oh, yeah. mentioned Kent, but uh, you know, CEO after, of Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, uh, CEO and uh, chairman of Texas Roadhouse. Um, <clears throat> I, I really thought after interviewing him that what his day to day looks like is just so fun. And he's like really innovative and creative and like his mind is going a mile a minute. So I think he gets to come up with like a lot of cool ideas and to see it implemented across 
you know, their over 500 restaurants is awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's funny you mentioned that I'm, I wrote him down as the guy that I think I'm sure they all love their jobs, but I bet he has more fun at his job than yeah. like anyone on the list just because mm. it seems that way. Um, and then, you know, I think having a fun job of giving people money would be cool too. Like Dale Bowden or, um, <laughs> you know, Matt Thornton. Or, were, yeah. Yeah. Some now. of these foundation leaders. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned GE, I guess, um, Mr. Kevin Nolan's on that list. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yep, he's on the list. I always have to struggle. Sometimes I say Chris Nolan and one day they <laughs> got into print. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Nolan, the director, not, uh, Chris, uh, Kevin Nolan, the GE guy, not Chris Nolan, the director. Uh, yeah. and uh, Kevin's an interesting guy cause he has a lot of patents to his name. So he's an engineer and has invented yeah. some of the, uh, you know, neat technology that appears on uh, washers and dryers and, and different things. So he's an so, engineer engineer with like a good sense of humor too. He's yeah. a funny guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is another David Mann who's an engineer and occasionally, and I'm, and I know the guy who um, like leads the company he's at. And occasionally that guy accidentally emails me uh, David Mann, the engineer stuff. And I'll just say, sorry, it's me again. <laughs> <laughs> And it's happened like three or four times. That hadn't happened in a long time, though. Maybe like maybe it's been a whole year since it last happened. But uh, um, but he's just like every time he's like, "Dang it, thanks!" <laughs> and I hadn't gotten any like story scoops out of it or anything like that. But um, <laughs> I try and be professional, and I know it's I'll just say, "Hey, this isn't for me." Um, let's see. Is there one profession you know in this list of power fifties? Is there one that stood out, or is it kind of all across the board? I don't know if there's one, but there were a couple themes, um, you know, developers, commercial real estate folks, that's our, I mean, that's our bread and butter. That's like, if someone asks, you know, what is the one thing that business first like focuses on um, and that readers want, like overall, it would be commercial real estate. Mm. Um, economic development was kind of a theme as well, which goes, you know, kind of takes commercial real estate, but also like our chamber leaders. Um, and, uh, and then, um, like I said before, people that have money to give other people, um, mm-hmm. that always kind of uh, points to power. So like whether it be a foundation like Humana or the uh, Keith Inman at Cozier Charities, who also previously raised a, a boatload of money for UofL um, or, uh, you know, like Dale Bowden at BF Capital or, um, you know, uh, or Matt Thornton, who started his own, some of his own fund or David Jones Jr. at Chrysalis, you know, people that have money that uh, can then use that money for influence or to build business and grow mm-hmm. the economy in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that's uh, interesting. I guess it's online now. You can, has the last part of it published? Yeah, it will. By the it time will by the time you yeah. podcast. So unless you're going to uh, edit it in like the next 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it won't be ready that fast. Um, but yeah, by the end of Friday, which is today, March yep. 12th, uh, it should be uh, all available and it's all available in print too so correct yeah and we will have a five on the rise as well feature yes that so way. like five, five upcoming yeah yep uh, people people you can uh read about who might you know i guess those people might make next year's list right good shot yep yeah all right well uh that's it we'll switch uh topics uh to this other uh, uh story an interesting lawsuit that popped up this week and uh, Sarah, I'll go to you on this. So who are, first, just give people the background. Who are the Bro Brothers, uh, which is an awesome name? And uh, what uh, what is this new lawsuit all about? 
Yeah, so uh, the Bro Brothers are uh, Victor, Chris, and Bryson Yarbrough. They are three brothers who have created this bourbon brand um, with Bro, you know, their last name uh, kind of flows bro brothers bourbon yeah it's a a good name i love the name (laughs) right i any any chance to have alliteration i love it (laughs) i'm like yes let's spring for it yeah um but yeah interesting um the bro brothers filed a uh lawsuit i want to say on wednesday um if that's right they um filed a lawsuit against fresh bourbon Uh, It's a Lexington, Kentucky-based bourbon brand uh, that also claims it's the first Black-owned distillery in Kentucky. Um, Bro Brothers, when they were um, first making headlines with us last year, uh, when I first met them, actually, uh, they, you know, they're the first uh, Black-owned bourbon brand in Kentucky. And uh, when I saw this lawsuit, uh, it was it was just interesting because I'd been aware of Fresh Bourbon and uh, I'd seen their claim that they were the first uh, black owned bourbon brand in the state. And so I was just curious um, if there was tension there. And I guess there was. Yeah. Um, but it's basically a false advertising lawsuit. Uh, Bro Brothers is saying that um, Fresh Bourbon basically is false advertising, that they're the first black owned uh, distillery in Kentucky. Yeah. And that's just their side of the story. We had reached out to Fresh Bourbon, I guess, and we haven't heard back from them yet. So, Um, but uh, so what is uh, the basis of Bro Brothers claims that they're the first? They have the license, right? Yeah. So they um, they've got the uh, proper permit with the Kentucky Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control, which um, allows you to uh, legally distill bourbon and then the uh oh wait i think i'm having this mixed up their license from the kentucky department of the alcoholic beverage control allows you to um distill and distribute and then they have a permit from the alcohol and tobacco tax trade bureau uh which allows you to uh distill in kentucky legally and um they're also uh they were also given a seal from the state when they were first coming out certifying that they're the first black owned distillery in the state of Kentucky. Um, so it's just kind of weird. Uh, yeah. That's kind uh, of the basis of the claim. And then they're saying that fresh bourbon also um, saying that holding themselves out, like they're the the first brand um, is, is harmful to their business is basically the claim. Yeah. If you, and if you go to like, I, at, when we were working on this story, if you go to each of these two, um, you know, these two companies that are now kind of debating this uh, soon in court on the homepage, you don't even have to go to the about us section. It says first black owned bourbon distillery yeah. in Kentucky on each one. It says pretty much the same thing. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think this, I think was bound to come to a head. At some point. I yeah. think so too. And this story, like when we first started writing about the Bro Brothers, um that blew up i mean there was just a ton of interest in uh you know the company and who the guys are behind it uh so when did they start their distillery it was pretty recently right yeah so uh bro brothers they're um it's not a parent company but their first company victory global they like um that's who the lawsuit is uh like filed by Mm -hmm. victory global doing business as bro brothers but they've uh they organized Victory Global with the Kentucky Secretary of State in 2013. And then um, they established the brand in 2018. Uh, and then 
in 2020, they distilled their first batches of bourbon. <clears throat> and so before that, they were using sourced bourbon from someone who they've not um, named, but they just started filling their uh, first barrels of bourbon to age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's a very common practice for new distillery yeah. brands to buy bourbon and uh, basically blend it to get a, a, a unique flavor and then uh, and then sell it instead of distilling it. So a lot of companies do that. But then mm-hmm. now they're with this distillery they've got. It's um, I think was it open in December. Is that right? It's actually supposed to open in April. Um, okay. They they filled the barrels. Well, they started first. distilling in December, but yeah. I guess it opens to the public in April. Is yeah, right? you got it. All right. Yeah, you can tell somebody edited the story, so I, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, what is uh, Bro Brothers seeking in the lawsuit? So they are seeking uh, injunctive relief, which basically means stop doing this. Uh, from Fresh Bourbon to stop claiming that they're the first black-owned distillery. Um, they're also seeking. excuse me, damages, uh, because in the lawsuit, they do allege that it caused irreparable harm to their brand um, because of the confusion it causes with two companies making the same claim. uh, That's bound to to hurt a little bit, I think. And um, that was pretty much it um, that they're looking to do. Yeah. Um, And I've not tried Bro Brothers. Has anybody tried it? Uh, Jason, you know, regular on the show, Jason Thomas, he tried it. I uh, can't remember what his review was, but uh, I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to put it on my list. What are y'all's favorite, like, I guess, new bourbon brands that have just come out? I'll start. I, I got Barstow Bourbon Company for Christmas, and I really Ooh. liked it. It's, it's pretty good. Nice. Uh, it took a minute to grow on me, but uh, that's I think that's definitely uh, definitely worth trying if you're a bourbon fan. You want to try something new. Shay, I know you're a bourbon guy. What, what do you like? Uh, the, the weird thing is though, I have not been like my bourbon consumption during COVID has went way, way down. Um, Hmm. and I think it's because of not having, we have the bourbon bar at work. And so it was just more of a like social thing there. And so I have like unopened bottles of Michter. I can look at them now, Michters and other stuff sitting on my, uh, little liquor cabinet thing we have. Um, I did, um, as far as ones I've tried that I hadn't had before in the last like year was um, barrel bourbon. I don't Ooh. know if you all have oh, I've that. seen it on the shelf, but I haven't tried it. It's really good. Um, it's pretty pricey. I think it's, you know, a hundred bucks a bottle kind of the entry level, but it was a gift. So yeah, <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed most all of that over, over the past several months, but it's and really good. Sarah, you probably get to try a lot for work, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything, any standouts for you? I try a fair amount. Um, not, not, a not too much, <laughs> just the right amount. Um, I actually was tasting some maker's mark this summer. Uh, that was, that was pretty good. Um, oh yeah. What was there? They had a new one come out. Was it the it cask like, drink there? Yeah, it was, man, they're going to be so mad at me when I say this wrong. Uh, <laughs> I, I right. want to say it's like their maker's 26, but I don't, Mm. is it 46 because that's been out for yeah i think it's the 46 definitely not 26 take it yeah. up <laughs> 20 but <laughs> yeah. i tried that this summer um it, oh it was the community batch uh with the lee initiative that was going to be oh yeah, toward, yeah yeah I yeah do remember that now. it was going to be going toward uh hospitality and restaurant professionals uh and their support yeah uh, through covid and so that was yummy and i have not tried bro brothers yet but i'm putting them on my list for next because yeah. i've written about them for a year now and i i still need to try it 
I think Jason Thomas can give you a review on it if you ask him what he thought. I think he got a bottle for Christmas. Um, and Haley, you're not my, are you a bourbon person? I can't remember. I'm, I am not a bourbon person. I didn't think you drank much at all. I, I mean, <laughs> if someone offers it to me, like if I went to, I think I went to a cocktail tasting with Sarah um, and we went mm-hmm. to, uh, gosh, was that a, uh, that was at SSPR. Yeah, SSPR um, over in the Clifton neighborhood and had a good time, you know, tasting different ones. But I'm just not a big bourbon drinker. It's real bitter. And I'm more <laughs> into like really fruity rum drinks Yeah. <laughs> um, if, I'm, if I'm drinking anything. One of my favorite episodes of this show was um, Sarah and me and Brooke and Allison. And we were um, drinking bourbon and talking about bourbon attractions. Uh, oh, it was about okay. it was about a year ago, and to me, it was the beginning of the COVID nineteen pandemic because a few people got sick after that. Yeah, <laughs> I remember we were. Being I don't know if they safe. had COVID because nobody could get tested back then. But <laughs> I remember we were being real safe slash weird about using the headsets in there in the in the recording. Yeah. Room. yeah. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I think that was that. You know, I can't remember what number it is, but it's way back, like probably in the 30s or 40s of episode numbers where where we were talking about bourbon distilleries and and we thought a good thought it a good idea to drink bourbon while we did that, and uh, it did get a little giggly. Definitely um, playful quality. (laughs) And uh, I actually when when I recorded when we recorded that I was like I can't produce this now I'm going to sleep on it and make sure it's okay. And I'll let Brooke listen to it before uh, before we posted it to make sure it was okay. But anyway, that's an aside. Uh, so yeah, interesting lawsuit with uh, Bro Brothers. We'll be keeping our eye on that one. Uh, finally, let's do a little restaurant news. It just wouldn't be the Access Available podcast without some restaurant news. So Haley, uh, you reported about a celebrity chef this week. What's up with uh, Annie Petrie? Yeah, Annie Petrie is leaving DECA, which, um, you know, Annie moved here to start DECA Mm -hmm. um, back in 2012. And so she's she's leaving this, um, you know, her flagship restaurant here in Louisville and, um, you know, moving on to new things. Did she say what she was doing next? Or is that a mystery? She didn't say what she's doing next. Um, she, she just said that she's super sad about it, but she's um, very grateful for all the experiences um, that she's had. And um, she said that we'll always hold a special place in her heart and that she hopes our paths cross again, all, all of the DECA family. That I bet we're going to see her on like primetime TV, like two months from now or something. <laughs> so yeah. And I mean, big. You know, as far as her celebrity goes, I mean, just last year, she was a semi-finalist for um, the James Beard Award for the best chef in the Southeast category. So um, she's got some national recognition behind yeah. her. So I'm I'm sure she's not just retiring and, you know. No, because she's, she's definitely got some, uh, like, she's been on a lot of different media programs, uh, you know, Food Network and and. I think she was featured in the either New York Times or Wall Street Journal, one of the two. Um, probably New York Times. I can't see Wall Street doing that, but um, but one of the big like national publications just as an up and coming chef. So yeah, and she's also been like just very active, um, you know, in the social justice space um, through Deca and you know through her social media presence and other things. So I wonder if she might be, you know, pursuing something, um, you know, along those lines of you know 
charity, not necessarily charity work, but, you know, more nonprofit centered mm-hmm. activism work would be my second guess if she's not doing something um, specifically restaurant related. Yeah. Uh, but Decca is staying, right? So Decca's yeah. got a new management team. Yeah. Um, Decca is sticking around with a new team under the management of the founding partners. So Annie Petrie was only one of the initial founding partners um, who started um, the restaurant um, in the hopes of creating a neighborhood gym um, in Louisville, something that um, they wanted to bring from San Francisco, which is where Annie came came to Louisville from. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure who those other partners are. Um, we never talked about that when I did um, her, her in-person profile um, back in 2019 before the pandemic ever hit. But it sounds like, uh, you know, some of the initial founding members of DECA will still, you know, be there to direct the new team. So I'm assuming it won't take too much of a new direction. Yeah. All right. And you had some other Nulu restaurant news uh, come out this morning, too, right? Yeah. uh, The Seafood Lady is finally getting ready to open in um, Hancock House, which is um, on Jefferson Street Um, and I think Hancock Street, (laughs) which is hence the name of Hancock House. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a move that we talked about back in November of 2019 is when um, she first announced that she was um, leaving Old Louisville and moving to Nulu. Um, The move was postponed because of COVID and like all of the uncertainty and the fear associated with that. Um, But it's back on now and she's hoping to um, have a soft opening at the beginning of April. So exciting news there that seafood will be available in uh, yeah. starting and she's next shaking month. up the concept a little bit. It sounds like it's still a seafood concept, but yeah, just it's, the it's, decor and the environment. So. It's still seafood focused, um, but she said that she's trending away from like this, the seafood shack and nautical theme, you know, with like the nets and the crabs and the yeah. blues. And she said that she wants it to have more of a Miami vibe and like a, um, a fling to it like you can find yourself in different areas of Miami within the restaurant so and she's you know from Florida so she actually knows <laughs> knows what a vi- Miami vibe is yeah um and she's also adding some new healthy menu items um that haven't appeared um on their menu previously cool what do you guys think the best restaurant in Nulu is and uh, Haley, I'll give you a pass on this question. If you want to stay neutral, that's fine. Um, you can maybe mention one you like if you want. But uh, Sarah, where, where where do you like to eat here in Louisville? Oh my God, I <laughs> <laughs> my no hesitation. My roommates and I order Royals like once every two weeks, probably yeah. just to stagger it, keep it a little healthy. But <laughs> um, oh yum, I love hot chicken. <laughs> yeah, that, that is good. Yeah. Royals is some good stuff. Shay, what do you think? Well, I haven't been to the Nulu location yet, but I really liked um, Barvetti when it was just south of downtown. And um, yeah. so I'm looking forward to going to the new one uh, when um, it's a little safer uh, for everyone. And um, also, I was really, I've gotten this a couple times through Postmates, but um, Emmy Squared, the Detroit style pizza place that's in Nulu Marketplace, is really good. Um, I was kind of, you know, oh, this is, you know, it's a small chain or whatever, but it's from out of town and blah, blah, blah. Um, but what I remember about it was the, the like toppings were like, felt like super fresh. Like they just came out of a garden. Um, and then I know it's not a restaurant, but like the West six spot in Nulu marketplace is, um, is amazing. It's like, and then you can have a beer there and get pizza from, um, across the courtyard from Emmy squared. So like the, 
Nulu marketplace development just in general is like uh, I haven't really been. cool. Like I'm, I need to, but I've been avoiding it because of COVID. And I think it, I can't remember when it opened. It was not too much ahead of COVID, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I really need to go check that out. And the West Six thing's cool. I like their beer. So yep. um, I like Grind. Grind is still there, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I totally spaced it on Grind. I can't remember good- like who's closed and i mean it's been such a year for restaurants so uh but yeah grind that's a great place um i love thin burgers that's i'm also a steak and shake fan like i don't like to go to uh, a place and order a burger and there's a bad meat to bun ratio it's, <laughs> it's gotta be just it's like, a fine line <laughs> is yeah because you go to places like drake's man and it's like a i don't know a, a cow Pretty much. <laughs> I, i'll name two restaurants that my husband and i enjoy that you know you guys didn't name just so that we can add, add more newly love to the list um we love feast um i've actually gotten takeout from there several times since the pandemic started and um my husband's just a big barbecue guy and i also love mayan cafe so yeah <laughs> I've, been, I've been there a couple times and it's excellent every time so right. well there's your list everybody you can go if you're uh, looking for a place to eat there's some Good stuff. If you're new near Nulu, um, I'm sure a lot of those places deliver too. Maybe not West Six. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, <laughs> they have a walk-up window where you can just carry out your beers. Cool. And, yeah, and thank God the weather's getting warmer. Uh, you know that's going to help restaurants kind of get people you know to the out, outdoor locations. It's been been a little nicer in these last couple of weeks. So. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. Before we go, we'll uh, share our social media handles. Sarah, I'll start with you. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Sarah, and then I'm on LinkedIn. I'm much, I'm more active on LinkedIn, actually, uh, just under my name, Sarah Shadburn. Yeah, you're, uh, you're always on LinkedIn, so I, I, uh, I wish I could, I wish I had the, uh, the I don't know, just the LinkedIn had a strange pull on me, you know. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I just need to stick to it is my problem. I'll, I'll do a post on LinkedIn and then kind of forget about it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shay, where can people find you? Uh, mostly on Twitter at uh, my name at, at Shay Van Hoy, uh, and then also uh, you know post I post a lot mainly just like art like business first content from our reporters on LinkedIn um, as much as I can one or two things a day I try to so. Um, yeah, that's, but it's like I said, it's mainly not stuff for me, it's stuff from the rest of us, from but the uh, yeah. it's a good place to, good place to go for business news for sure. Mm-hmm. How about you, Haley? Yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter, like Shay at BFLU, um, Haley, and I do get on LinkedIn to um, talk with people and look at what people are posting, but I don't post a lot myself. Um, so you can go to our website if you want to read my stuff, <laughs> but, or, yeah. or, you know, Shay or Sarah's LinkedIn and, and Jason <laughs> Thomas is really good about sharing our stuff on there, but I'm just not a big poster, but I, I will, you know, connect with people on there. Yeah. Jason has a really good social media voice. I really like the way he words his posts. Yep. Yeah, he does. He, he, you can kind of read, if you know Jason, you can kind of read it in his voice. I've noticed that yeah. as well. Like, oh I don't God, know if that's just me. <laughs> no, that's, I do that too. I used to read, like, if I knew the author of, of like a Courier Journal story, I would read it in their voice uh, just because I, I don't know. I would just like, listen, like, imagine them. Um, let's see here. You can find me on social media, on mostly on Twitter um, and on Instagram at dman3001. 
Um, you can find this show on all the popular services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. So that's it for this week. Thank you very much, Sarah, Haley, and Shay. And thank you guys for listening at home. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. See ya.